It's Friday, so you guys know what that means. It is Feature Friday, and we're spending the whole episode talking about the HBCU Combine with a couple of more prospects who are underrated and what you should be expecting from this event. Oh yeah, it's Locked On HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked On HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On HBCU Podcast, your number one daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I, of course, am Darian Gray, the mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports editor. Thank you guys for going on this journey with me today. Making Locked On HBCU your first listen of the day. I appreciate that for real from the bottom of my heart. And I want to tell you guys about Feature Friday. I know usually we wait until the end of the episode, but today's Feature Friday was so unpredicted, unexpected, and spectacular that I just felt like this story needed to start the episode, and I refused to allow it to wait until the end. I needed to start it off. They say, wait, uh, leave the best for last, but I don't really believe in those cliches. I believe in just starting it off with what you are the happiest to talk about, and that is my feature Friday about Ezra Gray. And no, I understand. The last names may be the same. You may think that there is a relation and that I'm biased. The, re- the, the names are the same. There is absolutely no relation, though. So let's get into it. Ezra Gray, I think his story may be even more spectacular than his play on the field. And he's somebody that I had in my underrated list, which we will be talking about in the next segment. I had him in my underrated players in the HBCU Combine list. But let me tell you how he made it to Feature Friday, because this is this is spectacular, right? And that's the reason because I like his story. So I'm in Alabama, right? Sweet home Alabama. I'm in Mobile right now, and I'm waiting for my food from this restaurant. And this story comes on on the news, and it's about Ezra Gray. And as I'm sitting there waiting for my fish, my fish po' boy with the bang bang sauce, the bang bang sauce is very important in this. I become infatuated with the story that's on TV because, you know, you're sitting there waiting for your food. It's not too much other stuff to go on. So I'm sitting there waiting for my po' boy and whatnot. And I start hearing this story. I'm just, I become more and more infatuated with who this guy is. And that guy is Ezra Gray, Ezra Gray running back from Alabama State. And it's funny because I only found this specific story in who he was or became infatuated to look deeper into who he was because I was so curious about some stinking bang bang sauce. Bang bang sauce was cool. All right. I ain't gonna lie. It was pretty good. Um, Just for those who care. But that's not important here. And I almost called an audible on the way there. Like, you know, I think I'm just gonna stop and get some fish elsewhere. But I just wanted the bang bang sauce. And if I wasn't so set on getting Bang Bang Sauce, we would have heard about Ezra Gray, but just not at the lengths that we are about to now. So thank you. Thank you. Because sometimes you're just meant to be somewhere where I almost called an audible. It was I wasn't sure if I was even going to go, but I went all because of the Bang Bang Sauce. So sometimes you don't you, just, you don't even know that you're just supposed to be somewhere for something else. And I'm not about to make it super deep, but I think that is what happened with this story. So. I would like to thank the Bang Bang Sauce for making me curious 
and leading to my infatuation with Ezra Gray. So let's talk about his story because we talked about how I discovered his story. Let's talk about his story in general. And this is a guy who was a high, a high school star. Honestly, he was a high school star, but he was barely getting any offers. And that led to a lot of confusion for him because you would think like, man, I'm really good in high school. Why, why aren't people beating down my door with offers? Like that, that's a, I think that's a question that a lot of people have as far as high school students. Um, and I, I actually have somebody who I know who maybe not at the same level, definitely not at the same level, but ran into a similar problem as him, but we'll get into it. High school star and all-star in his senior season. Had nearly 10 picks, 8, 9 picks in his senior year. You would think that 8 or 9 picks in a season, being an all-star in your senior season, that would make at least some offers come in. Not a few, but quite a bit. But it didn't. And he was a high school star at cornerback and not running back. And therein lies the problem. Like I said, 10 picks, nearly 10 picks in a season, all-star in your senior year. You would think that that would mean people will come calling, but he's 5'7". I'll pause for a second and let you think of how many 5'7 corners it is. It's not many. It, it's just, it just isn't many. 5'7 is not a preferred height, to put it lightly. It's not a preferred height for a corner. So, I, like I said, I, I knew somebody who ran into that issue. Pretty good corner in high school, but he was just short and he didn't get many looks. Uh, he didn't have nearly 10 picks in his senior year, and he wasn't an all-star, but he was a pretty good corner. It's just not many 5'7 corners playing. So once he got to Alabama State, that's when he realized what the issue was. I'm playing the wrong position. I'm not meant to be a corner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and unfortunately, nobody told him because, I mean, in high school, he, he obviously was good at it. He was good at it, you know. And why move him? So anyway, he got to Alabama State, and he became a running back in his freshman year. He didn't even spend time there. Um, surprising and probably disappointing that nobody else offered him and said, we want to convert you to a running back. But he went to Alabama State, and he ended up having a really good career. But he dealt with a, dealt with a lot of turmoil, three coaches, three head coaches. Mind you, they have another one coming in this year. So that just tells you the instability that has been going on at Alabama State. Now, we hope Eddie Robinson is able to – you know, cure that being an alum, former uh, NFL player and whatnot, maybe his experiences will allow some stability to grow in there. But dealt with three coaches, five coordinators, five position coaches, and that impacts the development of these players. And usually when we talk about these, we talk about this with quarterbacks. Oh, the young quarterback had to go through three different coordinators. He, But you don't think a young safety maybe would be thrown off or maybe hindered by having multiple position coaches, multiple schemes. You don't think a running back would have that as well? We usually only apply that logic to corner or quarterbacks, at least verbally. But the truth is that affects every position. And he's one of five position coaches. He wasn't there five years. So that's more than a position coach and a coordinator in a year. Three coaches, that's basically a new coach every year. And I think that when you look at him staying there, because he had a chance to leave because he was a good he was a good player. He had a chance to leave and go elsewhere and probably get pulled in and play, but he didn't. And I think that loyalty that he showed is one that's kind of a quality of HBCU culture as a whole, as HBCU alums, because they go hard for their uh, school. And he did as well. It's clear there. And on the field, 
I like this versatility, and he'll need it because his size will immediately be worked against him and held against him. But outside of 2019, he just hasn't been given many carries. Um, not and for whatever reason, he just does not touch the ball that much. He does he does make the best of his touches, but he just does not touch the ball a lot. Averages more than four yards a carry on mul- in multiple seasons. In 2019, when he got 157 carries. He responded with 706 yards, over four yards to carry again. But I think if you're looking at him, if you want him to immediately make an impact in the league and what will immediately get him on a roster, it is return specialist. That's what he would do really well. And I think there's an idea he could be a scat back. I understand that because he does that well. But it's the same thing as far as rushes. The touches just aren't there. Makes the best of them, but he just doesn't get a lot of touches. But he does touch the ball a lot as a return specialist and holds multiple Alabama State records for that. Um, I think that if you can put him on the field, he's only 5'7", right, but he's explosive. He has good long speed, which we'll see. I think his 40 might be his most important event, maybe his 40 and some of those agility drills in this. Um, But, yeah, I think the guy is really good as a return specialist, and day one he can come in and try to compete. And I think that if he wants to come in and try to compete and see if he can be something else, that's where you start off at return specialist. But Ezra Gray, the bang bang sauce, that's our feature Friday. It, it, was, a, it was a lot of fun. And from one underrated player to three more, we're going to be talking about our underrated players who are going into the HBCU Combine. But first, I want to tell you guys about an incredible app. I mean, an app that if you don't have yet, Go get it right now. If you're in your car, park it because you may need some gas. And that is the Get Upside app. Nobody loves paying for gas. Everybody has to, pretty much. Um, You want to make it easier on yourself? Get this Get Upside app and get 25 cents off per gallon on every fill-up. And here's the thing. If you use the promo code SCORE on your first fill-up, you can get an additional 25 cents, making 50 cents off every gallon. That says a lot. And I think that if you're passing up this opportunity to make the pumps a little easier on you, go ahead. Take the harder way. I personally like the easier way. And the easier way is going to get upside app and getting this money directly back to me after I take a picture of the receipt. I can get it on a card. I can get it on my on my credit card or a gift card. Get upside app is the app that I would not trade for anything. Go get it and find out why. All right, families, we keep on rolling on today's episode of Locked On HBCU. It's Super Week brought to you by Get Upside, and there's no better place to get coverage on the big game than the Locked On NFL podcast. Locked On NFL will be in L.A. all week covering the big game. And I want to give you guys the word of the day before we get into the second topic. And that that word of the day is ziggurat. Yes, I know. Crazy word. But basically... It's used to mean any structure having stages or steps. That's the figurative definition because the literal definition is something that is honestly spectacular, but we're not going to use it in that way. So we're using a figurative definition for today's word of the day. And we're going to be talking about some underrated players who are going to be at the HBCU Combine. I've broken down some offensive players. I've broken down some defensive players. And now these are three players that I have yet to name, but I think they deserve a little bit more attention 
than I feel like I've seen them receive. Let's start it off with my first guy on this list, and that is Jawan Carter, quarterback out of Norfolk State. And in my opinion, he's one of the most underrated players in this event. And here's the reason why. I truthfully think this is the reason why. I don't think he's underrated because he can't play. I don't think that's the case. I think it's because of who he's next to. And that's Akil Glass, who is one of the most accomplished quarterbacks. If we're going by stats, he's one of the most accomplished quarterbacks in FCS history, right? When you have somebody like that, I think that he can take a lot of shine from people, especially players who are at his position. And Jawan Carter just happens to suffer from that. But here's the thing. He it's not like he can't play. I blame it on Akil Glass, but it's really not Glass's fault personally. But he just takes some light. Carter is accomplished. Sometimes you'll forget that. Jawan Carter is extremely accomplished, and I think he's a bit underrated with a dash of under disgust. That's what I think. I think that he just is not talked about enough for me. And that's why I take him as underrated, which is confusing because if you take other than the two weeks before this event, you go into MEAC circles and you talk about his play before the season, you talk about his play after the season, you would never say he's underrated. Everybody gives him praise. But then once it was time for him to share this stage, they just stopped talking about him. They didn't talk about him like he was bad, but they just didn't talk about him, period. And I think not being discussed enough is another form of being underrated, in my personal opinion. Now listen, Norfolk did not have the level of success that they desired this year. But Jawan Carter, as accomplished as he is, he didn't miss a beat. His season went how they expected him to go with his last season with the Spartans. That's what I felt, winning the MEAC Offensive Player of the Year like he was expected to. And within this year, he set a couple of historical marks as well for a career goals. He's the only Norfolk State quarterback with over 9,000 yards, and those kind of marks do not get broken easily. He broke a 25-year record, so it might be a while before you see anybody who can break his record. One uh, MEAC player, the offensive player of the year, like I said, within this. But he also has MEAC record books or his name in the MEAC record books. So if you're looking for a quarterback who has done it all, whether that's game success, year success, career success, he has his name in a record book for all of those things. So I think you're looking at one of the best quarterbacks in Norfolk history and MEAC history who's going to be here and deserves just a little bit more shine and a little bit more love. And I want to get to somebody else who has that, and that is... Trey Gross out of uh, Delaware State wide receiver, first team all MEAC, had the most touchdowns in the conference. And we're going to talk about his skill set for just a second, but mostly what I want to talk about is what's going on in his mental. See, he completes his year, his career, number three in Delaware State history in receiving touchdowns, number five in receptions, and he's number six in receiving yards. So you see he's another guy who's one of the most decorated in his class. And that's something that you see a lot of people who are in this event. They're one of the most decorated people in their school's history. And Trey Gross is no uh, is no exemption to that. So one of the things that I want to talk about, because yes, that's what he's accomplished, but the mindset of him, because he was asked in an interview, what sets him apart from other wide receivers? He could have said anything, but this was his answer. I'm definitely adaptable and I do the right thing. What you ask of me, I bring and I'm accountable. I like this answer because it has little to do with his skill set. He says I'm adaptable, which insinuates he's versatile, 
But after that, there's no mention of it. It's a two-sentence answer, but there's no mention of his skill set or what sets him apart. It's not a, I'm fast, I'm a great catch point guy. It's nothing like that. And those would have been acceptable answers. Like Nothing wrong with saying you have a specific skill set that you think sets you apart. Nothing wrong with that. However, what he did was he answered and he said, I'll do what you ask me and I'm, and I'm accountable. I, I appreciate that. that. What that just told me is that I can count on him, which is one of the things that he wants us to know. And it told me he's coachable. When you say, I'll do what you ask me of, excuse me, what you ask me, I'll bring, which is what he said. That tells me he's coachable and he's willing to do what I say as far as I need you to do this. I need you to work on this part of your game. I'm adaptable. I'll do what you ask. That's a good guy that I think is coachable. And that's one of the things that I really liked about him. Forget the skill set. Forget what he's accomplished. I know that he's going to work hard and he's going to work to get better when I bring him into my organization. So that's what I wanted. And lastly, I'm going with Chad Gilchrist, a linebacker out of South Carolina State, another MEAC guy. And he's actually first team all MEAC. Seven tackles for a loss in six different games. So that just shows his ability as an off-ball linebacker to get through and just disrupt things. And then 70 tackles on the year. He only took the quarterback one down one time. That's not his thing, but he did get to him three other times in multiple games. So I like that he's popped in big games. I know you guys, you get like, man, this dude is a sucker. Yes, I am a sucker for somebody who plays well in big games, but I think there's worse things to be a sucker about, right? And he had multiple double-digit tackle games, and they all came in what I perceive and what I believe as either big games or big moments. The first game of the year, Alabama, uh, Alabama A&M, 10 tackles. That's setting the tone. This is why I think it's a big game because it's the first game of the year and you're setting a tone. Then he did it again against North Carolina Central, having 12 tackles, the other top team in the conference. If you don't beat them, they're not pro- you're probably not going to the Celebration Bowl. Um, that's just what's going to happen. That, that was kind of like the conference championship when you don't have a conference championship. And in a game like that, he had 12 tackles. Then against Norfolk State in the last game of the year, which was we make a statement to start, we make a statement to end. And I think that, that's my mentality to it because you know that if you win, you're in a celebration bowl. He, he comes up with 10 tackles. So those, those are the big games, and those are the only games that he had double-digit tackles in. But they were all big moments. And he has two forced fumbles on the year showing that he has a pension for forced and turnover. Something. That's something just, you know, a little parsley throw on there. So those are some of my underrated players going into the combine. We have Chad Gilchrist, linebacker, South Carolina State, Trey Gross, oh, excuse me, Gross, wide receiver, Delaware State, and Jawan Carter, quarterback, Norfolk State. I will be watching to see what those guys are doing in the HBCU combine. And then I want to break down everything that you guys should be expecting to see when you're watching this combine. So first, I want to tell you guys about Built Bar. Man, I think this is the best protein bar on the market because it has the taste of a candy bar. It makes you feel like you're eating something enjoyable and not something just to be healthy. And isn't that what we want? I think that a lot of times health comes with lack of taste in people's mind. And that's why five weeks in, your diet is done. You don't want to do it anymore. But if Built Bars are a part of your diet, you will have absolutely no issue having that problem. You don't, you don't want to come to there and be like, oh, I guess I got to eat this salmon again or whatever it is that you're doing with your diet and you're like i don't like this built bar is great for those who want to get healthy those who want to work out because it is still a protein bar and those who just want to eat something good 
people just want a snack. Honestly, I'm kind of famished right now. I think when I finish recording this podcast, I might go pop me a built bar in. I'm not about to go work out or anything. There's no shame in it. Get you a built bar because it has four grams of net carbs, four grams of sugar covered in chocolate. So it's delicious, not really unhealthy. And it gives you 17 grams of protein. It's an easy choice. I just want a snack. Is that what you want? Go get you a built bar right now. Go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your offer. All right, families, we're wrapping up today's episode of Locked On HBCU. I want to break down what you guys should be expecting going into the HBCU Combine. A lot of times, I think with, within Combines, people just think, all right, you're going to go and get your measurements, your your medicals, maybe you know get your numbers and whatnot, so they're going to know how much you weigh. They're going to get all of these things in one place. I understand the inclination to believe that, but actually this event title is should be taken quite literal. It is a combine. It's a three-day event. It's not just a pro day. It's not just, all right, you go out there, run, you run a couple of routes. It's not that kind of thing. So let's look at it. On today, when they come in, they will be arriving. They'll get their measurements, which is how much they weigh, how much, how tall they are, all of those things. Get an official, get your medicals, make sure there's nothing wrong. Uh, drug testing, because that's part of the thing. Uh, and then you're going to have your welcome meeting, mentoring, and club interview. So that's what you're doing on Friday. And then on Saturday, that's when what we'll see, right? That's what all the people who are outside, that's what you will see. You will see the on-field workouts, and you, you won't see the club interviews, but you'll see the on-field workout. And that's what immediately jumps to your mind. You're, you're thinking about, all right, interviews, excuse me, you're thinking about 40-yard dash. You're thinking about vertical leaps. You're thinking about on-field events, whether that's the broad jump, whether that's the shuttle, whether that's running routes, doing your drills. I think that's what I'm most excited for is to see the drills. But um, you're going to get all of those things. But then you're also going to get interviews, which you guys won't see. But it's one thing that you should expect because it, this, that's the big difference between a pro day and a combine, in my opinion, is at the pro day. Man, a lot of times the pro days we see, they're there for a select amount of people. Everybody's there, but they're for a select amount of people. And in a combine, everybody will be get, getting discussed. Everybody will be getting talked to. Um, I think when you're looking at it, you're looking at an event that is right after the senior. But oh, sorry. And on that third day, they just leave. So that's why I didn't mention anything on Sunday, the 30th. They're just leaving. But you're looking at an event that is right next to the senior bowl. And because it's right next to the senior bowl, I think that <laughs> it'll be even greater because everybody will be there. This is one of the premier or pre-draft events in the Senior Bowl. Everybody's at the Senior Bowl. If you guys are on Twitter, you see all the media people saying, I'm invited to the Senior Bowl. I'm invited to the Senior Bowl. I got my, my credentials to the Senior Bowl. All of those things. There's going to be a ton of scouts. There's going to be a gaggle of scouts who will be there at the, at the Senior Bowl. And I don't think it's nothing to come just a couple of days earlier because it's in the same place. It's in the same time frame. Just be there a couple of days earlier. So I think you would have already seen a good amount of scouts there. But with the fact that it's a couple of days before senior bowl practice starts, I think you'll see even more scouts and potentially might even see a few coaches. I don't think you'll see a lot. Um, I'm more confident that there'll be a lot of scouts there than a few coaches. But you might even see a few coaches who decided just to come down a couple of days early. It wouldn't shock me at all. And I think that's why it's important that it's when it is. Because if you just throw it on a random week in February or a random week in January, 
people will come out, but you put it right before you know a lot of people are going to come out, I think you're going to have a better chance of having a larger, um, a larger output. And here's the thing, because at the end of the day, all this is is one part of the ziggurat that's focused on developing HBCU combines, or excuse me, HBCU exposure and HBCU representation. That's what this is about in the long run. So I think you'll see a lot of things. You'll see a an event where after the after the events go off, there'll be an HBCU tent. So it'll be networking for HBCU alums. There will be live DJs, just things to promote camaraderie and pr promote the family aspect of HBCU culture. There'll be a lot of different schools there, a lot of different Greek organizations, a lot of different companies. Like I said, it's already networking. And I don't just mean amongst your peers. There are actual job employment opportunities that will be there afterwards. So I think when you're looking at this event and you're asking, what will you see? You will see an event that is there to get all of your numbers in, in, in one place, which is what you already expected. You'll see all these teams talking to these HBCU athletes. And then you'll see afterwards for people who are not athletes, people who are HBCU alums, maybe even potential HBCU students. You'll see all of those things in the HBCU tent that are meant to develop them as well. So I love it because it is a highlight of HBCU culture, but the lesser known event, which is after, but that's what I'm telling you guys, right? That's why you guys tune into Locked On HBCU so you can get some exclusive news. That lesser known event after the combine is commenced and after it's finished, that HBCU tent village, that's meant for the development of HBCU culture or the furthering of HBCU culture and representation in companies. So that's why I love this. I had to bring it all the way full circle and talk about not just the athletes, but also just you, me. I'm not an athlete. You're probably not an athlete. You're listening to it, and you're just most likely an HBCU alum. So after this event, you guys can you guys can check out the HBCU tent. But I thank you guys for making Locked On HBCU your first listen of the day every day. And for your second listen of the day, make sure you guys are checking out Locked On Bets. Free game for big games It's really that simple. Your boy Q and Lee Sterling are giving you expert analysis and insight to add a couple more dollars to your pocket. Sounds like a simple choice to me. And y'all know where to find me at in the meantime, in between time on that blue app, that bird, yes, Twitter, at South Exclusives. Until the next time that we hear each other, family, take care, stay blessed. Peace.